When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the 1865 match report, the day after Forest were humbled by Manchester City at the Etihad. So I'm Baz and I'm here with Tom Newton, who is at the game. Later on, we'll also have the view from the opposition as City fan Michael gives us his views. So um, at the Etihad last night, uh, we lined up with three changes in personnel, um, a minor change in shape as well as we looked to neutralise City's attacking threat. So we had Henderson in goal, a back three of Worrell, McKenna and the first start for Coyote. Then we had Williams and Lodi as wingbacks, another first start there. And then Yates, O'Brien and Froiler in the middle. Again, that's his first start. Again, so a bit of a change. Finally, we only had two up front with um, Jono and Gibbs-White. So an extra body in midfield, an attempt to keep it tight, but it only took 12 minutes before Erling Haaland escaped Joe Worrell's attentions and he put the ball past Henderson. Forrest had a rare chance shortly after as Williams crossed, but Lodi could only manage a tame header into the side netting. And then Alfinger's son continued to show with two quick goals to complete a hat-trick, both relatively simple goals as Haaland just put himself into the right place at the right time. And in between those, there was also an effort from John Stones that was ruled out for half-time. Um, for offside, rather. We made it through to half-time. Um, hope to tighten things up, but Cancelo scored a 20-yard drive after about five minutes. Steve Cooper replaced the front two with Iwanee and Dennis coming on for Gibbs, White and Jono, but City soon scored another. Alvarez putting it past Henderson this time. More changes from us, Yates, Toffolo and Biancone coming on. And we started to take control of the ball a little bit, but City were never in real danger and they proved it with a final goal as Alvarez scored again. So, quite a football lesson for us, but how was it in the away ends, Tom? It was good. We like we knew we was going to be up against it with the team we were playing against with the World Stars and for Haaland and I know De Bruyne was on the bench, but they still had a lot of quality on the pitch. But uh, no, the, the Forest fans like sang from uh, the start to the end and um, the really proud uh, moment. Um, despite the goals going in, we uh, never stopped singing uh, at the Etihad last night. Well, that's pretty good. I, mean, I was talking to someone about it last night and he says, yeah, they, they probably only get 30,000, 35,000 actual fans in there and the rest of it's all corporate hospitality. So for us to outsing them, it's not a surprise, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the game itself? What were your thoughts? Um, it was just a matter, like I says, and uh, this has been a state in the obvious and it's probably been said no end of times, um, like, before the match in post-match we was up against it there's there's no getting away from that um, I just thought that the the first 20 minutes it was would have been nice to keep them quiet 
but they had all the ball and um, Haaland scored after what, 12 minutes and I think the goal was a bit preventable to be um, to be honest I think it was like a speed of thought from Man City and a bit of hesitancy by uh, as the ball goes in by Phil Foden Yates thinking somebody's behind him to mop up i.e. Henderson or Wall and Haaland's just basically extended the leg and just got on the end of a, um, a delicious ball from Foden so it was up against it and um, yeah and I, I just thought that class prevailed on the day didn't it <laughs> yeah we, we were talking about um, Harry Kane and how he was the difference between the two sides but it wasn't like that today it wasn't Erling Haaland stood out as the player we just didn't get the ball or anything I mean Harry Kane stood out on Sunday but Last night, Harlan was playing, Gundogan was playing, Sill was playing, Bowden was playing, and trying to keep them quiet, it was just like a uphill struggle, wasn't it, to the class difference? But um, to be honest, I, I went to the game thinking, whatever game Forest play, I always believe that we can get something out of the game because you never know, they might have that off day. And, it's, and some fans say, oh, we've got no chance, which we probably didn't. But you don't go to away matches or home matches and chuck in the white flag um, straight away. But um, yeah, I just thought oh, a couple of the goals last night was a bit of naivety from us and a bit of hesitancy. And um, I think it's just a massive learning curve again of the golfing class from coming from the championship, playing against um, Man City. And let me be honest, I know we've spent a lot of money this summer and we've had to because of obviously what happened with loans etc but that squad's probably been been put together the last what six or seven windows bit mm. by bit and um, I know they've sold Zinchenko and um, Jesus and everything but they've still replaced quality with quality and um, we've basically put this side together over the last ten weeks so it's just going to take time to gel but it's these Without, like I said without throwing the white flag in these are the games which we shouldn't be winning you've got to like win the games against uh, the likes of Bournemouth, Villa, Leicester, Fulham, etc. So we'll go again on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. So um, I've been really looking forward to seeing Froiler and Coyote playing. What did you, what did you think? I mean, obviously it was a, they were up against it a bit, but what did you think to them? Um, not bad. I just think we just never got near them, especially in the first half. Um, I see why he played Coyote with the high, because obviously you got McKenna back there Wall back there Kiyoti back there so on set pieces and second ball but it's like I think it was the second goal um, for Harlett or was it his hat-trick it was one of the where they let Phil Foden win a header in the box and I, I just think that's a bit I wouldn't say unforgivable because that's a bit of a strong word to use but letting Foden win a header I, I don't think it's good enough and when you've got this height back there etc but it is what it is I mean I think as the game went on, I think Forrest was just mentally drained, uh, keeping tabs on all those players. And like I said um, earlier in this um, pod, that the golfing class is absolutely immense and it's just another learning curve at the big school for Forrest. Definitely. Um, so one other thing, there was, there was a bit at the in the second half where we actually did manage to see a little bit of the ball. Um, whether that was because City were taking their foot off the gas, they'd made a load of changes themselves, Haaland and and a load of others coming off. Um, but uh, just when we thought, like, and, and I was quite impressed with, um, again, Awani and Dennis, I think, looked pretty good, considering. Um, but, but again, Alvarez just put the sick past us before we could ever actually get any momentum going. 
Yeah, um, pretty much the uh, the damage was done at half time, and um, it was just like, I mean, I wouldn't. It, it's not nice to come away from like a six 0 defeat, and five and six. I don't think it, for a club of where we've come from, I don't think it's too bad. I was just glad it didn't get to like seven, eight, and nine because that would have been absolutely um, heartbreaking for how much. Um, effort we put into the game and ultimately come out with absolutely nothing um, but I think when we went to a back four um, I don't know if it was a case probably more of a case that Man City stepped off the gas a bit but I thought we looked a bit more solid and we had a bit more of the ball and we were trying to create openings I mean it's a really good ball I think Colback put the ball in for um, our knee and I mean he glanced ahead of wide but Bits in the game, it looked promising, but like I said, the damage was done, and I think um, it's more of a training exercise for Man City when they've got like the fifth and sixth goal. Yeah, um, yeah. I was looking at the stats, it said something like um, 400 attacking passes to our 30, which uh, says it all. Yeah, I even looked at, I looked at the stats, and passing alone, they got like 736 passes to our 200 and something. Yeah. And they and yeah, obviously stated the obvious, but you know, like the possession stats are going to be very much they're just like they just pop the ball around they're so fluid with it and there's always a purpose and I mean they use every blade of that pitch um, and like I says um, with the talent they've got the the light years ahead of us but that's not like us for, we've just got to realise where we've come from and where we are at the moment and we're still miles away from Man City but first and foremost we've got to make sure that we win the mini-league and stay out of that bottom three and um, beat the teams around us. So, uh, yeah, massive learning curve, but like I said, we'll go again on Saturday. Yep. Uh, yeah, so the next few matches are looking quite important. However, it has to be said that I definitely, and you as well, are um, old enough to remember when Man City weren't very good. So, <laughs> yeah, when they, um, either, what, when we, was it 97, 98 season, they went down to, which was the old, Second division then, yeah. Gilling on penalties in the um, in the final. It's funny year for Manchester because Man U won the uh, the treble, and um, and even City fans now say that game against Gillingham is probably like club defining. Yeah, because they didn't win that. Where who knows where they would be and uh, and everything. So, um, but um, but like I says, we've just got to look after ourselves and keep building our club bit by bit. And you never know, we might be a top 10 club in years to come but we've just got to like stay up this season and just uh, keep building it bit by bit and have a really competitive squad definitely so uh, now I'm just going to get the the view from the opposition we're going to hear from Michael who's um, in Australia but he's a City fan um, at Perth de la Prem Hi, this is Mike from the Perth Della Prem podcast. I'm a Manchester City fan joined by Gareth and Michael, two Liverpool supporters, and we're a Premier League fan channel from Australia. As the Manchester City fan of the podcast, I'm pretty delighted with tonight's results. 6-0, some exceptional goals and a Haaland hat-trick. Um, really happy with how we played and, and sort of managed the game. It was It's always going to be tough for a newly promoted side coming to the Etihad, and from the outset, it was evident that Forrest were going to sit deep and try and remain compact and resilient, you know, by trying to hit us on the counter-attack. Uh, I think Forrest set off us a little bit too much and allowed us to play our game. I think teams who have done well against us in recent years have always put us under pressure and not allowed the centre-backs to play um, 
as they please. And however, if you do come out and play, you do leave yourself pretty vulnerable and open. So I think it was kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't from a Forest perspective. Um, I think as well, once that early Harlan goal goes in, the game plan kind of goes out the window. And I think as well, you know, when it's 3-0, just after 30 minutes, it's, it's damage limitation from there. Um, Harlan and Alvarez looked exciting and there wasn't a lot you could have done about those two tonight. Forrest obviously had some moments in the game, um, cutting out some of our sloppy passes and looking to to hit us on the counter, as I mentioned. Um, but they really just couldn't conjure anything sustainable. And it, it appeared, as I said, it appeared to be damage limitation after, you know, the third goal and, and after halftime. You know, I really felt sorry for Morgan Gibbs-White and Brennan Johnson. They had no service um, up front and... Every time the ball got there, it's had a little support. Um, you know, I think Steve Cooper's done really well with the amount of signings that they've made. 19 new players. It's going to be difficult for any manager on the training ground trying to figure out their strengths and where they fit into a team, especially at this time of the season. But I think he's done really, really well. He's got them working well together and the players clear, clearly respect him and they're going to work hard for him as well. Um, I think Dean Henderson's been a really good signing. He's a, he's a capable goalkeeper and you need a steady set of hands, especially coming up. Um, I think tonight he, he probably suffered a little bit trying to play out from the back too much, whether that was a Steve Cooper directive or maybe um, Henderson not trying to change it up or just sort of hit it into Rose Ed when need be. Um, but aside from that, he's made a really good start to the season. Um, I think Nico Williams caught my eye tonight. He kept Foden relatively quiet during his 54 minutes on the pitch. Looked like a decent outlet going forward as well. Um and yeah, as I mentioned, Forrest have made a good start. They've picked up some points early on, which will be crucial at the back end of the season as it gets really tight in those relegation uh, battles and, and the bottom half of the table. But I think, um, you know, I predicted them to finish 14th to 17th. And I think that's that's quite comfortably achievable for Forrest, given that the start they've made, particularly once Steve Cooper has all the signings gel together and he figures out his best team. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and TikTok on the same handle, Perth Della Prem. One word if you'd like to check us out. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. So thanks for that, Michael. Um, now, as we record this, it's a transfer deadline day. Uh, anything that you're expecting today, Tom? Um, I'm expecting Forrest to uh, wrap up the signing of uh, Willie Bolly from uh, Wolves. It's just another body there. Because if you look at the... With Mirkarte out injured for uh, a decent amount of time, um, you've got World Cup, uh, Chiarte, who can play there, McKenna. So another body, nice. And, and it's got prim- and he's got Premiership or Premier League um, experience. But it's just a matter of um, looking at... What Wolves fans have been saying, he's um, not really been um, kept himself uh, regularly playing because of injuries or whatever. Mm. We can um, make a difference and we're sure it's up defensively. I think it'd be a good signing. And you never know on deadline day, um, surprises might mm. um, might come up and you just think, well, we weren't in for him and it's like lastminute.com. Um, um, but I don't know whether a striker... Because they were saying that Sam Sturridge, which I'm very surprised about, because um, last season, especially, yeah, Steve Cooper was waxing lyrical about him and he was like, really happy to get him in from. So I'd be surprised if he leaves on deadline day, because obviously, if he goes, it just leaves you a bit short in the striker department. And getting a decent striker in this day and age on deadline day, um, they're hard to come by. And some clubs probably be reluctant to get um, let their strikers leave 
if they can't get a replacement in. So it's a bit of a domino effect. But um, yeah, who knows what might happen uh, today for deadline day. Uh, it'd be nice to uh, get a few more bodies in if like the likes of Cafu and Lyle Taylor um, leave and um, see what happens. I think it's 11 o'clock the deadline is tonight, isn't it? So see what happens. And I mean, he's been heavily backed in the um, transfer market already, Steve Cooper. So it's a matter of knitting all that together and um, carry on what we... Uh, what we're doing in terms of uh, getting the team to gel uh, more and more by each passing week. Definitely. So that's it for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening, even if it wasn't uh, the, the, the brightest of uh, reports today. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with a better result after Bournemouth on Saturday. That's also going to be my first game of the new season. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or, and a review on your podcast app. And if you could also vote for us in the Football Content Awards. If you look at our Twitter profile, which is Nottam underscore Forest, we've got details on the pinned tweet there on how to vote. We're just ordinary fans giving up our spare time to do this. So anything that boosts our profile is really, really appreciated. So um, we'll be back on Saturday. Uh, thank you to Michael. Thank you to you, Tom. And uh, thank you for listening. Podcast Network.